Are you an athlete tired of annoying injuries holding you back from peak performance? Then this podcast is for you. Here we share our expert opinion on hot topics of physical therapy, injury prevention, sports performance, and sometimes other random thoughts. I'm your host, Dr. Ells. Welcome to the Charlotte Athlete Podcast. All right, welcome back to the Charlotte Athlete Podcast. Today we'll be going over the hip. Uh, is your host, Dr. Ells, and we have Dr. Andrew in the booth talking about, you know, well, the hip. Absolutely. Um, happy to be here as always. I'm ready to dive into the hip. All right, so we want to make sure that you guys know what we're talking about. So all these hip injuries and hips pain we're going to be talking about today are specifically things that are happening because of active motion, whether it be running, jumping, squatting, all that kind of stuff, rather than being hit by a car, <laughs> falling out of a car, or just being in an action movie. Being in an action movie. Actually, see that actually could be pretty active though. Being in one of those action movies where you get hit by cars. So no, yeah, so no like acute event that occurred. Yes. I'm talking about pain that just like gradually got worse over time. Or you just sneak it, up on Yeah, you. you notice it with like a lift or a sprint or movement or cut, and then it progressively got worse. Not like some major event. Right. Which is a you know majority of hip pain. A lot of people come in like I have no idea what happened, but now I have this pain, that kind of pain. Uh, so first, we want to talk about the joint break that down so you guys understand what we're talking about to make sure that our exercise and our treatment all make sense to you because we do treat these things differently uh, in our clinic and we have really great outcomes. So the hip is a ball and socket joint, just like the shoulder, which we've talked about before. If you haven't caught that episode, please go back and, and listen. It's a good one. Uh, but the difference between the hip and the shoulder is obviously we walk on our feet and not our hands. So there's some large differences that happen you know, anatomically, but also muscularly. Andrew, can you break it down for us? Yeah, so the shoulder, you know, I like to think of it almost as a golf ball on a tee. You know, it's very unstable joint. It relies heavily on the muscles to con that control it to keep it, um, keep it centered, keep it stable, keep it uh, healthy. The hip is very different. The hip is, you know, it's the, the socket is very encompassing around the ball. So golf, like the shoulder, golf ball and on a tee, this is more of like uh, you take a you're scooping a scoop of ice cream out of a, you know an ice cream container. Um, sm a small uh, you know vanilla, of course, because vanilla is the best flavor. Uh, nothing not the best flavor. It absolutely vanilla rainbow sprinkles. Highly debated. All right. Anyways, um, so, so the the socket is very it it surrounds the hip joint significantly more than the shoulder does. So that creates a lot of stability in the hip, and so it's a little less reliant on the shoulder or, or excuse me on the muscles. Um, to keep it uh, to keep to keep it healthy in terms of staying directly centered into uh, into its socket, and so the hip is surrounded by, and just like any every joint in the body is surrounded by a capsule. Uh, a capsule is basically when it comes to the hip, it's there's some very strong dense ligaments that. Uh, that make up the capsule, the ligaments of the hip, uh, along with some additional fibrous tissue. And it's basically like a, uh, you know, a pouch that just holds the joint together. And this is really, really important for the hip because the number one pattern that leads to hip pain is when the posterior or back side of the capsule becomes tight and restricted, okay? When that happens, it's gonna cause the, the head of the femur or the ball in this ball and socket joint, uh, in this ball and socket joint we're talking about to migrate more anteriorly or towards the front, which can then cause the front of the capsule to become flexible and it can cause pinching to occur. And, um, you know, this, this posterior capsule tightness along with uh, muscle weakness, muscle imbalances leads to an array of different injuries. Everything from like psoas, uh, iliopsoas tendonitis, uh, tendinosis, um, iliopsoas bursitis, snapping hip syndrome, uh, groin strains, including chronic groin strains, um, impingement issues, um, you know, that pinching in the hip, and then the infamous sports hernia.
Oh yeah, that too. So, <clears throat> depending on your daily activities and you know um, just the different positions and repeated movements that you put your body into, will determine kind of you know where the pain arises, which which is why there's this root cause, but it can lead to so many different areas within the hip to get pissed off. Exactly, and those root causes, as we've talked about them, um, a lot derive from sitting. And sleeping, uh, the the big big movements or lack of movement throughout your day. You, you know, again, you're gearing yourself up to perform. So, if you're not doing it, and it's a, all of a sudden a shock to your body that you have to have a ton of hip motion, you're gonna find your body is gonna find ways to get around it. The body's really lazy and efficient, and it wants to get the task done. It doesn't necessarily care about the details, and we care about the details. So, like, think about this. We've talked about sleeping on your stomach a lot, which is already an issue, but Let's talk about sitting. So when you're sitting, not only are you not getting to the posterior capsule like we've talked about, because well, another, another way to illustrate how the posterior capsule works, let's say you take a squat. That in that ball and socket, when your knee rises to your chest and like into a squat, it has to be able to spin in the capsule and get into the posterior part of it. If you don't have the space there, then you're gonna create compensation. Yeah, if you're, and if that's you're where, not engaging it, then yeah. Yeah. you don't use it, you lose it. Exactly. Don't use or lose it. And that's what we kind of, we'll get into a little bit more of the glute stuff. But if you're not in the right position, your muscles don't have little brains inside of them. They're just going to fire at the best place they can, wherever they are. So if you don't have the room in the backside of the joint capsule, you're not going to get the most, you know, firing or strength out of those muscles that support it. So, you know, we'll take sitting, for example, in our postures right now. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I think Andrew actually would be the perfect illustration of not getting the, po the posterior capsule. Um, but sitting with legs out in front of you and even crossed in that like long banana sit, which a lot of times becomes very popular because it's very comfortable. The long banana sit. What we're doing right now, and I know this is not a, auto, is not a know, visual podcast. No, I'm just sitting in a slouch position. My legs are straight. Legs are crossed. Yeah. yeah. So there's no bend of the hips, right? So it's another place that you're not getting to the posterior capsule. Not only are you not doing it, you know, as you sleep. I mean, unless you sleep in a cannonball or a squat. Yeah, we'll get to that in a second. But sitting to the figure four position, yeah. very common for guys that's sitting, you know, with your the outside of one, of one part of your lower leg on – on the knee of the other, and it's kind of like a figure four, right? Or that very common um, kind of cross-legged where uh, I was sitting with my legs straight with the legs crossed, but if you sit with the legs bent with the legs crossed, these... Yeah, like back of the knee on the other one. Yeah, kind of upper calf, um, yeah, on, on your knee. Um, back of the knee, another one, perfect, yeah. Those are two terrible, terrible positions in terms of sitting. Um, and then sleeping, yeah, there's two terrible positions with sleeping. Yeah, well, we talk about one, we always talk about our stomach, um, probably for the same reason for the figure four, right? I mean, a lot of times you're going to hike one leg up, so you're having a ton of external rotation at the leg, the same position as if you're in the figure four throughout the night. And the other one being that one side's higher than the other. One side's hiked up, the other side's down, where we, we have the mountain climber position. Again, we're doing this in the booth, but you guys can't see it. But. Well, it's like, yeah, no, it's um, it's, it's like a sideline position, the half side, half stomach position. You're on your side, but the top knee is up and it's hitting the mattress. They're not stacked. It's not stacked on the, the bottom leg. And that's that kind of like, you know, twisted up. I'm sure a lot of listeners are sleeping in that position. Can be comfortable to sleep, to fall into, but then you leave your body there for a long period of time. Um, something called creep sits in, and that's basically the ligaments being slowly stretched out. Those firm ligaments are supposed to hold the joint in, in a good, healthy position. You can get a little bit stretched out from just very long positioning, and then, you know, you wake up and, like, your, your hip hurts, your back hurts, everything's just, your pelvis is achy. I'm sure you, I'm sure there's a bunch of listeners that can that can relate to this. Well, we got to listen to our bodies. It's telling us something because those two positions, um, we're getting the standing to kind of, there's some 
some terrible ways to stand that, that uh, you know, lead us to. But sitting and sleeping plays such a major role in, in the positions that we put our body into. Um, you know, it's just such a major role with these types of injuries, these injuries that have no particular event that occurred um, you know, to cause it. Um, the, this is where we get long-term success, and this is the root cause of these injuries. Another one, personal vendetta of mine, is the uh, pigeon stretch. Mm, yeah. That's another one that just heavy external rotation and stretching out the glute, which is the muscle that you need support. Yeah. So yeah. you don't muscles don't do very well when they're long and weak. They do better, you know, much better. We just already talked about it a little bit being the best position for them to fire, uh, which is having tone in them. Yeah, yeah. And then that last position is standing, and uh, that position I'm referring to is called sway back. And that's basically the it's it's an it's a quote unquote energy efficient way to stand because um, we're we're essentially not using as much of our as our our leg muscles, our glutes in particular. And we're just hanging out on our ligaments. So what I'm talking about is when you're just standing and you allow your hips to just drift forward subtly. Um, we do it naturally because it's, again, more energy efficient. Our bodies are lazy. We're trying to find the – our bodies will naturally try to find the best way to kind of conserve energy. And so uh, we'll, we'll stand in this position. And even worse, we'll kind of – we'll be standing, you know, for an extended period of time. Our hips will shift forward. But then we shift to one foot or stand and put over our weight, more of our weight on one side, which then really kind of crams and jams and makes that uh, – that that femur, the head of the femur, really pressing the anterior capsule into those ligaments in the front of the hip. You're just literally hanging out on your ligaments, and that can induce creep, makes it make it more flexible, like I talked about earlier, and then cause all kinds of uh, all kinds of issues, pain, and and poor movement patterns. Exactly. And again, these things are happening. They're they're habits, right? They're comfortable. So you're doing them day in day out for your whole life. So this is why these things kind of occur. Like it's not the first time you do it. It's thousandth. Yeah. Time it's you do exactly. It. It's not one night typically lying in this position. It's it's done over long periods of time and then training as well i mean ellis had a, a great example of that the pigeon stretch we're not the fan of but um there's there's we'll get the training we're not going to jump ahead yet uh and exercise and when it comes when it comes to this pattern because that's that's the second component which is super important yes so that's number one in terms of uh postures of the hip that cause pain uh the number two what is the number two the most popular yeah number two you're not finding this this tight uh posterior hip capsule but number two is largely due to weakness of the glutes in particular glute med glute max um the two big the two big boys of the hip and when you have weakness there and you allow your leg to repeat it repeated repetitively or repeatedly yeah repetitively sounds nice um fall into what's known as valgus over and valgus is basically when your knee collapses inward when that's done over a long period of time associated with weakness it can lead to all kinds of different issues pain more on the outside of the hip what we just talked about with um that posterior hip capsule tightness and the issues related to that that produces a lot of pain in the groin um pain on the outside of the hip you know we're talking some diagnoses you might hear is like bursitis or trochanteric bursitis as they call it, and even that infamous piriformis syndrome where the nerve gets pissed off. A lot of that kind of lateral posterior hip pain uh, often is due to just, like I said, just weakness in those muscles, um, overdominance of other muscles for sure, you know, TFL, medial hamstrings, some other groups, um, but weakness of those glute muscles allowing that valgus, that dynamic valgus to occur, that inward collapse over, like I said, re- long period of time, repeated over and over and over, and it can really irritate a lot of those, uh, a lot of those sensitive structures on the, on the outside of the hip. Exactly. Because if you don't have strength, you won't have that stability. So you're just forcefully, you know, putting that leg in that position over and over and over again, which not only would be, you know, emphasizing the instability at the hip, if you will, but it will be damaging structures around it. So let's talk about how we solve this kind of stuff. Um, so first, we'll talk a little bit more about our first case scenario, which is that posterior hip capsule tightness. Well, one, we do have a really great posterior hip capsule stretch that will always recommend you 
that's going to be on our Instagram and YouTube and website and yeah, everywhere. Because it's like, it might as well be our mascot on a flag somewhere. But uh, making sure that you can get into the post-year capsule. Because one, it's not a place that you get into regularly. It's, it's not a position you get into regularly. That's why it's the first time you do it. You're probably sinking to a pigeon. Um, but first, we want to make sure that we can modify your ability to get there. Have you feel that position um, and then continue to use it. But that being said, obviously, we mentioned our manual techniques. Getting into the big muscles that are now you know, overworked or under facilitated or even over facilitated in that position. You know, the big ones being the psoas, uh, that one usually gets really tight, especially with a lot of sitting and a lot of, you know, poor, if you will, positioning and sleeping. Um, that's the first one I usually go after. That's a really fun experience the first time. Oh <laughs> but, yeah. It's so important though. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's so important, but it does feel like a little bit of a, a little bit of a stabbing and then, you know, working through QL. I mean, a lot of like positions around or muscles around the hip. I mean, uh, making sure those big guys are loosened up and you get in the proper position post your hip capsule is, is ready to ready to be used. Yeah. No, someone knows are That's spot on exactly um some additional kind of recruitment patterns or things that we see the tfl and the anterior portion of the glute med they can become very dominant over those glutes so that needs to be addressed in one form or another the hamstrings also become very dominant over the glutes um, particularly the medial hamstrings we have lateral medial hamstrings and the medial hamstrings can uh, can become very dominant over the lateral hamstrings else connect the dots for us why are the hamstrings related or important here oh the hamstrings are wicked important this is something i always want to go over everyone like with everyone that has hip pain, uh, mostly because education is something we pride ourselves on. If you come in here, we're going to teach you what's going on and why it's going on. You will leave knowing more. We'll, we'll maybe give you a quiz at the end even. Um, but the hamstrings are really important because they do not attach to the femur. Uh, this is like, it's a very interesting thought. Physics. Yeah, physics Lever is going to be definitely coming in. We talked about creep already, which is already a physical <laughs> a physics principle, but definitely leverages are about to come in. So visual picture here. So you got your pelvis, you got your femur coming out of it, you know, going down towards your knee. Um, and then you have your shank, if you will, which is your tibia and fibula. Um, hamstring comes from your seat bone on your pelvis and misses your femur entirely and then goes down to your shank or the, the fibula and tibia. Uh, the big reason that's important is because we talked about dominance. Now, dominance is essentially your just efficient pattern. So you will just readily recruit hamstring rather than glute. doesn't necessarily mean glutes too weak, but it's just not going to work. It's not conditioned, doesn't have the capacity. So hamstring is like, cool, I'll take it over. I got your job from here. However, because it's attaching from your pelvis and your seat bone to your lower leg, every time it contracts, it will actually reinforce the problem we talked about earlier, where the femur gets driven forward into the anterior part or the front side of the capsule with everything you do. I mean, a very common one is long distance running. Constantly using hamstring, constantly pushing that femur forward. Like, like we've said, it's not the first time it happens, it's the thousand, because your body takes a long time to adapt to those kind of things, where like creep with a very slow physics principle, uh, this is just repetitious. Um, so the hamstring is kind of more or less a problem, but what we need to do is just reteach the glute to be the main hip extender. It is the closest thing to the femur, I mean, it attaches to the femur, approximately, which means really close, um, and holds it in the right position. We've talked a little bit about the rotator cuff with the shoulder, and how I see the, the glute and the psoas is both those really close muscles around your pelvis are huge in order to keep that femur in the right spot as you move. They have to be strong. They have to have good capacity in order to be an elite athlete or an athlete at all. Absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, 
glute med, glute max strengthening, so important. Psoas strengthening, also very important here. Psoas is going to become typically, not always, but typically long and weak. And that's, it become very, it can become very dysfunctional and really uh, contribute to this whole pattern that we're, we're discussing. So strengthening, getting that muscle more resilient is super, super key. Um, a big key to get the psoas particularly strong is that you have to strengthen it above 90 degrees. We, you know, yes, the iliopsoas will be strengthened below, but the psoas, the deepest of the hip flexors, the one that plays the most significant role with this pattern can only be, uh, can, can only contract um, in the most isolatory form for lack of a better word, above 90 degrees. So psoas strengthening above 90 degrees, super, super important. Um, yeah, I mean, we talked about um, the posterior hip capsule, you know, everything on that end, hamstring, you know, adjusting that. Um, but one last thing on the glutes, because this is so important. There's, when we're training the glutes, it is so important that you're actually feeling it in the glutes. You know, with the leg and doing things, you know, big body movements that are glute, you know, focus like deadlifts or Romanian deadlifts, for example, you know, you really, you need to be feeling it in the glutes. Um, it's so easy for compensation to occur, whether in the quads or hamstrings or elsewhere. Um, and so when you're doing the glute strengthening to address this weakness in this pattern, especially, you have to make sure that you are not only feeling it in the glutes while you're doing the exercises, but the next day when you ask yourself, where am I sore? You're sore in the glutes. You're not more sore in the hamstrings or more sore in the quads. It has to be in the glutes. Otherwise, if you're more sore elsewhere, your body's just compensating. You're not going to get the result as quick as you, as you want it to. Exactly. So that being said, we get you in here. We start addressing some of those big muscles that are you know, preventing the good movement. Um, we address those manually with our, our hands-on treatment. We get into doing, making sure you're hinging correctly, making sure you're recruiting glute through a lot of different motions, not just the hinge. Because uh, the hinge sneakily comes up with squats, comes up with running, comes up with jumping, it comes up with everything. Um, and your body will be efficient. It will be lazy. It will try to find a way out um, just to make it easier on itself. One last thing to mention here when it comes to the strengthening or, or just intervention in general, um, we talked about that, that second pattern um, where the posterior hip capsule is not an issue and this is more of a strengthening uh, kind of strengthening um, problem. Um, all these same principles apply. You're just not going to, you're still going to address, we're, we're still going to address from a manual therapy standpoint, um, anything that we find, any dysfunctional, um, you know, joints or muscles, joints, maybe not the posterior capsule, but there might be something going on in the SIJ or, or the pelvis. There might be something, you know, in the lower back or in the ankle or, you know, other areas of the body that we have to address. From a joint perspective, soft tissue, the same thing as, as Els mentioned, probably need to address the psoas or the QL and maybe some of those more dominant, um, uh, anterior lateral muscles like the TFL or the anterior portion of the glute med. That's all the same. But um, all these strengthening concepts apply to that pattern as well. And they're even more important in that pattern um, because that is the root of, of the issue. Those guys are going to get real strong. And that is going to be the majority of their, their return to sport uh, without pain, obviously in addressing all their you know positional problems through the day. Yeah, most important, the patient education or just letting y'all know why this happened to begin with, right? We talked about sleeping. We talked about sitting. We talked about standing. talked about, you know, long distance running and um, you know it's also long distance running on one uh, one side of the equation but also power sports that, that require repeated hip flexion above 90 degrees so that would be like you know football linemen um, or sprinters you know that that category and so both um, both just need to be balanced out appropriately and it's something that we without a doubt have to address in in our sessions exactly without balance you have imbalance and that's what we just we talked about uh -huh. the entire time 
All right, so that is our section on the hip. Obviously, if you guys have any more specific uh, questions about it, please reach out. Um, we will be doing AMAs about all your questions, and we'll get into more depth. This is a very generalistic look upon it. Um, there's a thousand ways this can present as well. But thank you for listening, and the next one we got is the knee. Absolutely. Catch you all next time.